You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. This is AfterBuzz TV, the Glee edition. Tonight's host is Paul Ashton. Joining Paul will be AfterBuzz co-hosts Ron Hoffman, Trilby Glover, Catherine Bayliss, and Phil Svitek. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 347-855-8269. That's 347-855-8269. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, Paul Ashton! Thank you, Rich, and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to After Buzz TV for Glee, Season 2, Episode 5. I am Paul Ashton, I'm here with my fellow Gleeks to break down everything from tonight's Rocky Horror Picture Show episode, what a damn fine episode it was, um, and, I mean, have you ever seen art imitating life better than that after, of course, tonight for our special segment, we'll be discussing how Glee's gone wild with its GQ controversy. And tonight really touched on uh, similar issues, art pushing um, the boundaries. Uh, so we'll get into that. We're also going to give you all your glean news and gossip, uh, hear from our fans and Trilby. Before we get into it, let's have a quick glee cap. What a great episode. So Schuster is still trying to win Emma's heart and cringes to hear how she and Carl spent the weekend at the Rocky Horror Show, having so much fun that Emma barely noticed the dirty theatre. With the fear that Carl is winning, Schuster decides that he will put on Rocky Horror Show with the Glee Club so that he can spend plenty of time working with her as a costume designer. The controversial show starts a furore in the school because of its sexy, inappropriate material. Sue tries to expose them on how Sue sees it and goes undercover taking a role in the show because the arts matter. Carl ruins Schuster's scheme by also singing amazingly and taking a part in the show, so Schuster takes a part too, and he nearly gets a kiss from Emma, but it doesn't quite go through. When Sue's plans are exposed, Schuster has a reality check and realises he's been doing it for the wrong reasons. They decide to perform the show for themselves. Thank you very much, Shulby. Uh, so, guys, uh, Glee, back in form. Um, we Obviously, we had the highs of Britney. We went into the kind of the um, more sombre and uh, uh, slow tunes of the following episode, which was about religion. Um, we had a break last week. Um, I'm sure everyone was sort of, you know, uh, chomping at the bit for this one. Um, what did they just do that to uh, to uh, make some cheap money off advertising? Is that what they do, these repeats? Ron, you know, like last week they didn't have a new episode. They, they just do like a, a repeat episode and everyone shows up to, to you know, to see the next step, but uh, we don't get a newbie. Anyway, is that, is I that was what actually kind of confused because, I mean, I was watching and I was like, wait a second. I've seen this in my dreams before. <laughs> <laughs> Deja vu glee. Yes. Deja vu glee. I was like, I'm not. I'm, wait, no. Yeah, yeah. And then I looked at the dang date and I said, oh, nine. Yeah. So anyway, so <laughs> we missed it. So, But they're back this week and really with one of what I think was one of the better episodes of the season so far. I agree. Um, mm-hmm. Rocky Horror Picture Show is such a winner. Um, and I, I mean, we're, we're going to try not to talk too much about the uh, the pictures of Lee Michelle in panties we've got all over the table here um, <gasps> from the GQ shoot. But it really was interesting that, uh, that, that this um, episode happened now. And I mean, it makes you think, as you said, Catherine, just before we went up, was it all planned? But we'll come to that. Let's break down the episode. We, we're also always have been such fans of Emma Pillsbury, and Love she her. was really in the show tonight. Jama, Jama, what's her name? Uh, such a great little actress, and her, her and Mr. Shu and Stamos all firing on all cylinders. Um, Trilby, what have you got to say about it? Well, I was really surprised to hear her sing because I, I might have missed the episode where she sung before, and she was for some great. reason I thought I'd, I'd heard it before. Though I don't think any of I you don't did. Remember no, any I don't remember. Yeah, her, her, her actress. Uh, her, her real name is uh, Gemma Mays. Yeah, I'm Paul. Yeah, uh, but uh, no, I have. I don't think I have seen, heard her sing, and she was quite good in that. Yeah, she? she was fantastic, and she was so sexy, and her dance moves. I actually thought the choreography in that section was wonderful. Yeah. It was that ridiculous. Number. Yeah, it kind of it reminded me of um of Grease. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think it was um, either it was Grease 2, I think. Or Sandra D when Sandra D broke out yes. into that uh, hot number. I got chills. Yeah. Yeah, sort of, yeah. Wow. Oh, oh, there we go. It's all good and sultry in here. But I mean, that, that's that's the thing about Rocky Horror, right? I mean, it has that kind of the music has that it's wonderful so upbeat yeah. late seventies sort of feel to it. You you can't not be tapping your foot to that. And yeah. No, I but, thought it was a great uh, like. Enjoy such an enjoyable episode for that reason. Oh my god! And, and the the scene when they did that song and the girls were like popping their heads from the window and they were like more, 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 yeah, down, down, down. Those I girls. Mean, I mean, the the crowd <laughs> likes it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite bits, those two girls. Um, okay, I, I had to th- say though that when I when they first said that they were going to do this episode, I thought, how are they going to pull this off? This is the most extremely sexual. You know, provocative right. show of its time, and, and, and sexually this, provocative for its for the sake of sexual provocation, right? And 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 when um, I, I, it was um, it was on uh, it was it was on one of the cable shows, and I taped it because I thought, oh, my daughter should probably see this show. I have two daughters, eleven and thirteen. And I thought they should see the show, the actual movie, before they see this episode. We started watching <laughs> five minutes of it, and I thought. Oh my God! I Watch we turned it, it off, and I, I don't even. Th- I don't I've even never th- seen it. I don't even. Th- I oh yeah, it, girl. It, I gotta watch it. Yeah, you know, part of the whole. Have you ever been to the Rocket? You, so you've never been to a theater where they've actually done the whole thing. It's a cult thing. It's a cult thing, but, thing, but yeah. they they during the movie itself. There are certain key moments where people like throw toast and 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 people you know. Act out, and there's there's a there's a wedding scene, and they throw oh, rice. Oh, hey, everybody with the, 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 the toast throwing reference. Yes, right, right. Uh, I don't know if anybody ta-da. caught that, but that's the big kind of. Uh, phenomenon about that movie and why it is so popular even to this day where you can go to these midnight showings because everybody everybody comes prepared with all of this. this and of course there's one happening here in LA on Thursday night at the Wilton which is a really well-known sort of rock concert venue with me, Leah Michelle, Matthew Morrison, Danny DeVito, I believe Jack Nicholson. Is it sold out? Uh, I tried to get a ticket on uh, Saturday night and they, you could just get them right up the back on the in the in the dress circle, right in the gods. Nosebleed. For, yeah, nosebleed set. Uh, yeah, opposite. Well, isn't the nosebleed like the front? Because you get a nosebleed from the mosh. No. Oh no no, my nosebleed's in the back. I've always thought there's a there's an there's a hilltop put uh, there's an Australian, You're Australian. Rap, so I've, got all, I've got it reverse yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it's it's at the Wilton and it was like 120 bucks for a, right up the back. Mm. So uh, I didn't get a ticket. Um, but what they were able to do, though, they were really able to pull off the musicality of that movie and 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 kind of soften, except for that one number between Mr. Shu and uh, yeah, uh, you know. But because for the most part, it was it was pretty right. tame and and yet fun and and in the spirit of the musical without being you know again it's eight, eight o'clock so it's kind of at prime time and it's family hour and so oh, yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if I'll let my daughters watch it or not, but I... I it's funny. I, I mean, I, I thought it... I, I like the way that they used it. Um, we'll, we'll put on the score musical as the reason for doing it. So every time they're saying a song... And, you know, we often talk about the way that they move in and out of their, their songs and whether we, we buy it or not, mm. if it's seamless. It was all seamless tonight. But I also really thought that it... Often when they do these um, these special episodes like Britney, a lot of the narrative drive just drops off for for an episode, mm-hmm. and we just indulge in whatever it was. But they utilised it so well as a as a as a way for Mr. Shu and Emma to really develop their relationship. So yeah. I think it like I think it scored on two levels, mm-hmm. and it's such a great. It's I mean that's the ultimate kind of you know relationship we're wanting to see them get together at the end of this whole C series whenever it happens. And and you know I loved watching his his manipulation because it was so obvious. You know, <laughs> Like, and then that was so much fun for the audience, I think, because, you know, he was like, right, well, uh, yeah, we have so much in common. And it's nice seeing, it's nice seeing Mr. Shu in that position rather than being dumbed out, like, you know, it's being whipped at the hands of his you know wife or whatever. He's, like, trying to get his way back in and really being aggressive and taking initiative. Yeah. I think that's quite good. And I yeah. think he did it very well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm kind of manipulative, him. you know, and that's not yeah. his style, you know. He's usually the nice guy. Right. Well, here yeah. he was being kind of a creep. Yeah. That's right, and then and then of course it becomes a triangle with Stamos, who really uh, he was wasn't he fantastic? He, oh God, I mean that man has so much talent. But then in the middle of the show, I couldn't help but go, 
oh, my God, that's Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's Uncle Jesse. And I was like, okay, wait, get back in the scene. Get back in the scene. I, I was wondering, when, like, when he did his song, which I think you were saying, Ron, was the song that Meatloaf sang in the original in the movie, film. Yeah. Right, which was fantastic rock and roll number. And I actually had the same thought, Catherine, um, as he pulled off his jacket and sw- swirled it around his body. I was saying, I'm, I'm wondering if any of these kids remember Full House. And he's going, yeah. I can't believe Uncle Jesse's singing in front of me. I know. Well, all you got to do is go turn on those reruns during the middle of the day and be right. like, let's compare. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, that was I, I think they handled that very well. Phil? I mean, what was int- I was listening to the radio and uh, Seacrest and him had an interview and a, I believe it was, he had five days of preparation for that number, Stamos did. And, wow. Uh, for what, five days, I mean, you know, he turned out incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, mean, you know, he just got off Bad Bad Birdie. What's Bye Bye Birdie? On Broadway. On Broadway, right. Yeah, the, yeah. That's a musical, right? Mm-hmm. Right. He was the lead in there. <laughs> well, he didn't Very I'm from Australia. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> it was a movie as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I've heard of it, but um, oh well. So he can obviously sing. He did really well. Um, Emma, Pil- Emma Pillsbury nailed her little song as well. Um, but then, okay, so on to Sue Sylvester. She she was in business. Um, what did we think about the the uh, suited gentleman, the dark suited gentleman who uh, set up her little undercover thing? Where did they come from? Who were they? What was their who agenda? Knows? We asked that at the time. <laughs> Children were like, we were so yeah. I'm like, I don't get why are they interested in the high school production and why do they want Sue to go undercover? Well, I think the premise was that Very they were weird. network guys, so they were somebody like a, hypothetically, a fox network who right. sensationalize news make you believe the news is one thing and it's all based on false twists and turns of the language and mm. and, and let's manipulate it because it's all Fox at the news. end of the day about driving ratings yeah, and if yeah. we can get people whipped up into a frenzy over something that does or does They'll not exist you know and sue's going to be our person to right. catch and be an ambassador of some sort of consciousness. She's great at riling people up. She's a Bill Riley. She's, a, She's like a Bill exactly. Riley. Exactly. So they would make her exactly like a Bill Riley. I mean, it's and it's quite amazing. This is the Fox Network that we're watching this show on, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah. really, the, the the fun that they're poking at is Fox News. And but they might not even know that. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's, it's, it shows you how, uh, like, the strength of the show that they can get. It's, it's similar yes. to, it reminds me of what 30 Rock do with NBC all the time, continually playing up uh, the, the, the suits. Like oh, Jack the, Donaghy's when he's entire... like, we're buying microwaves and stuff. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, Comcast taking over, it's, uh, it's Cable Town taking over cable NBC town, right. on, on 30 Rock and as, as Comcast are doing it in real life. It is Comcast, right? Yep. Yeah, you so, know, but I, what I loved about that scene, though, is, is that those two suits were from the original movie. Right. Barry Bostwick, who's a well-known Broadway actor and, and, and kind of oh. made his mark in uh, films. This could have been his... Uh, it's certainly early on in his career, but, you know, he played the the uh, uh, the Brad character part. And Meatloaf was the other suit guy playing the other... So we had what, two that original... Was Meatloaf? I think that was. I was don't it? think there was a meatloaf. No, really? I don't think there was. Meatloaf was in the cast credits oh, as as oh. it was rolling up. They were saying Barry Bosley. So he was in the he was in the show. He seemed so much shorter to and me. And I kept looking for him. And I th- because the whitehead guy also was played the mayor on Spin City for so many yeah. years. Right, right, with Michael J. Fox and then Charlie Sheen. And I think he's hilarious. And I right, uh, but I did not recognize that as meatloaf. Uh, I'm looking which, it up now which to case, check, but yeah. I'm sure you're right. Yeah, no, I mean, if it was in the credits, I didn't see him. Or was it? Was it a credit for for this, him playing the song? Did he maybe? We'll find out. Either know. way, I just saw his name in the scroll as they were yeah. saying who's going to be in the episode. Meatloaf, Barry Jeffries. The, oh. There you go. So yeah. Well, well, Wait, let, let's, see his, let's see his picture. He certainly, he certainly oh, looked no, nothing no. like the meatloaf from, um, from Fight Club. No. <laughs> With the big man boobs and, uh, you know, because he's yeah, quite a tall man as well. Yeah, I think qu- they just, like, made him look a little older. Well, he yeah. balled it up. He, yeah. he was, like, really balled it up. And, 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 so, and I guess they're both very tall men. That's the thing, is that the other gentleman, the whitehead gentleman, is quite tall as well. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's well tall. over six foot. Yeah. Um, it was always quite comic seeing him and Michael J. Fox next to each other on Spin City, just for the height difference. Right. Uh, but, yeah. They so were anyway. inspired by Sue saying, uh, little boys like to dress like little girls at Halloween, and little girls like to dress like whores. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. my favorite quote of the night. 
favourite quotes of that. There were a few, a few, few good ones. Um, I'm going as a peanut allergy yes. right off the top. Um, and great to see how, actually, just as I think of it, uh, everyone got to sing, you know, like a little piece of the final song. Mm-hmm. We'll come to music. But uh, uh, old Heather... Um, Dancy Brittany, uh, you know, got to do her bit. They're giving mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't know that in the past she might not, might have got that chance, but after she nailed the Britney Spears episode. Um, anyway, so Sue Sylvester in, in fine fine form, Phil. Well, I was just if you're going to talk about Britney, I also th- uh, Mike Chan got his moment. You know, after last week's right. uh, duet, little um, yeah you know, dance number. Yep. Yeah. So I liked how they poked kind of fun at that and him gaining confidence <laughs> and then having to pull out for <laughs> for contractual parental reasons. Um, but so Sue, Sue Sylvester back to her her evil best going undercover um, and uh, again Jane Lynch uh, really nailed it tonight. Doesn't ever really put a foot wrong, right? No. Never, never. No. Um, and uh, the boys, of course, had their pro- big problems with their body image, and I thought this was a lovely little touch. And and you know, in the face of all this GQ stuff that it, that, that we were focusing on on these gentlemen, and uh, Sam, obviously, with wow, that's I yeah. mean, is it a, is, is it even an eight pack? I have to say, I personally know Cordover Street. Right. And, uh, yeah. First of all, he is a cutie pie. No. And he does work at them abs. Let me tell you something. He's from Nashville. He's he, from Nashville. He's from Nashville. Right? His daddy actually is a very well-known um, country writer. Right. Oh my God. The list goes on with like some of the songs, songs that he's, that he's written. written. Oh yeah, for Where, sure. Is the, na- is the name Court like a popular name? No. Okay. Um, his daddy, you know, is a singer-songwriter. Right. You know, so they named him Cord after a chord on a guitar. Oh, right, right, right. Like the chords, like play the chords. Only on this show can you get that kind of thing. Heck, yeah. Oh, no, they named a bunch of their children, like, you know, Melody and... Mm-hmm. Um, wow, I, I see what they're doing um, there. They're really developing then, a theme oh, based yeah. on music. And then one of the kids is also a singer, and his name is Nash after Nashville. Well, Nash wow. is a normal name. I mean, I can handle that, but yeah. I feel so's melody in some sense. Yeah, but Cord, I feel for Cord. I feel oh, no. lost out. Yeah. And then, free, um, I feel. And you know, his mouth does look so much bigger on TV than it is in person. Like I don't know why. Like everyone's like always. It's like it's mouth. like the camera puts on eight pounds, all gives you a big <laughs> mouth. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, I like, mm. So they didn't seem to put eight pounds on him, though. I mean, no, no, no. Uh-uh. But no, he does. He like, I, I, like, he'll go through these phases, and he'll be like, "I gotta go get my protein shake. That's all I'm drinking today." Like, <laughs> all right, Cord, whatever. Just go play your guitar, and you know, drink your shake. Does he, he play his guitar? I guess he's pretty, pretty musical as well. Oh no, we've written songs together. Like, like he's awesome. Like, he, wow. he, he's always got his guitar with him. He's always making up songs. I mean, him. That's him playing, and that's his. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's great. Yeah, he's yeah. he's really talented. So right. I'm proud of him. I mean, God, this is his first gig. It's amazing, wow. isn't it? Yeah. Right. Um, but of course, Finn has has some real body issues, and then we eventually get to see him walking down the hall. And I don't think he's he not that bad. T- he's he not looks, in too bad shape. Yeah, he looks pretty no. good. I, I think he's so gorgeous. bad for him. But I'll tell you, the real I mean, the real body of the episode was Matthew Morrison. <gasps> he looked amazing. I mean, <laughs> with, that, with that tie just around, hanging down over the uh-huh. what, trimmed. I mean, the chest hair looked trimmed, yeah. quite frankly. All right. Um, and that doesn't feel me very Mr. Schuster to me, but. Why Ever. I can see why Cameron Diaz likes them. Right, so yeah, so we're going to hear some more about that. I expect in the gossip section tonight. Um, but uh, yeah, it looks like all the boys in Glee have been working out. The boys are pumping up and toning up, and the girls are slimming and trimming down. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, look at their outfits now. They're barely wearing anything. Not, I mean, I'm not upset about that. Yeah, no. <laughs> neither. Neither. Um, so, a lot, lot of discussion about arts and education and, and, and art pushing the boundaries, and um, and whether or not it's, you know, sometimes it can do it for its own sake. And uh, obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it on a commercial level when we have our special segment, but did you go... What, Ron, what, Ron, what's going yeah, on? Well, we forgot to, you know, my favorite, actually my favorite number of the whole evening was Sweet Transvestite. Right. And, and, oh, uh, and, and that, what oh, a clever way to cast so uh, Dr. Frankenford. That was one. How are they going to pull that off? Like, there's no high school in America that would put a guy in the garters and, you know, that whole thing. How are they going to pull that off? And she, she did it sexy. She yeah. did it, you know, in her own style. Her voice just killed that song. She nailed it, right? You know, it, to me, that was like, 
we haven't got to the music yet, but to well, me that was the, let's do it. Yeah, let's talk to about me that it was now. the highlight number. Well, I thought the, the whole number was amazing. I thought the choreography was great. I thought that you know, I thought she walked. She walks out like a star. That girl, and I just wrote diva. Like yeah. she's a diva, and she reminds. She's going to be after this show. I think she's going to be one of those. Yeah, and anyway, I got goosebumps literally when that elevator yeah. started coming down, and then you you pull back, and she's got her back to the, and she it turns around right. and just hits that song, and, and it was her turn amazing. as well. Yeah. Like yeah. she hasn't really had a big like you know big big number yet this season. I don't yeah. think like that. It was definitely well, she, her time. The religion one she had a oh, big Oh, no, night. she did in the church, right? Yeah, yeah. But still, like, really taking the front stage like that in a really sexy kind of way. I agree. I think it was a, a stroke of genius to give it to her. Mm-hmm. And you can't not, you can't do Rocky Horror and not do the transvestite number. I mean, right. You know about mm-hmm. it. I, I, it did make me think, though, I mean, for all this talk of the Glee Club not having ma- many funds, I mean, the, the, <laughs> the production value on that stage Good show point. was off the hook, right? <laughs> the elevators. It's true. You got full orchestra. Smoke. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Um, what did we think of Finn in his, in his glasses and, uh, and, and Leah in her little... Like that, that was pretty fun as well. That seemed Very cute. Very yeah. Cute. Yeah. Um, what about the other songs? I mean, what, was your, what were our favourites? So that was your favourite, Ron. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, uh, Trilby? I mean, I don't know. I loved the time walk at the end as well, mm. and I also really was blown away by John Stamos. Actually, I just thought Stamos. Yeah, you go for Stamos, Catherine. Yeah, I have to give it to the finale, like the time, the time walk. walk. I mean, yeah, I mean they they did it. I mean, I felt like I was watching the show like in the mm. theater and everything. Yeah, but um, I have to say that song that you know. Mr. Shue and, and, oh, and yeah. like I just yeah. I don't know it was so fun and you know the, the, at the beginning when they were saying oh you're like that naughty librarian and then she was the naughty librarian you yeah know, yeah touch it, it out. touch it touch me mm-hmm. I want to be dirty <laughs> they're, they're the lines <laughs> and what I want to know is is Mr. Shue's going I want to play this role I need you to help me practice this song then he doesn't <laughs> see anything that's what I thought <laughs> <laughs> I <was> like, uh-huh. <laughs> that's that's like a pretty great that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good way to pick up someone, right? Like, uh, yeah, let, can we rehearse this song? You sing it and get. But it was insight it into her time. character too, because she was she was so puzzled by you have to. But she didn't say no. She she was contemplating. She goes, wait. Yeah. And I, I couldn't remember the song, so I was wondering why she looked so perplexed. But now, after seeing the song, that he doesn't have any lines. Yeah. So what exactly is he needing to rehearse? Yeah. Or he had, like, one line at the end or something like that. <laughs> Very funny stuff. The choreography worked so well with that. I mean, she really, she really pulled it off, and it was such a great moment to see a character go from the extreme of what we normally know her yeah. to this extreme, where she was Absolutely. so empowered. Absolutely. Um, and great. And great. So it reminded me a little bit of when we saw Artie get out of the wheelchair and dance in yeah. season one. You know, when you oh, see oh, the illumination good. of the character. Yeah, like an interior life coming out, and 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 you know, so great to see that she's. Conquering her OCD and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that was a really funny scene, wasn't it? The very beginning, as um, as, as Mister Shoes trying to deal with the fact that it has nothing to do with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing worse. Nothing worse than seeing someone you've really got the hots for <laughs> blossoming yeah. with someone else. Yeah. And you're left, um, you know, panning behind. Eating crust. <laughs> so Paul, speak, is there a story right? you want to share with us? <laughs> <laughs> Seems uh, like you were uh, Ron, you alluding know me, to the, You know me so well. Something recent? Um, how long have you got? <laughs> and I think we need to keep it PG. Um, no. Uh, I don't have any stories. Um, all of my wildest dreams have come true. I'm sitting here with you guys. Um, in our new trapezoid table. You know, yeah, with our new trapezium table. If only you guys could see it, but you will soon. Um, so uh, is there anything else about the show that we need to talk about? Um, any any favourite moments? Uh, I actually like the end or the message of the show. Right, yeah, let's, t- let's touch the on loving, the the, the way that he sort of lovingly lets her go and... Very good. ...you know, um, decides that he's been pushing things for his own reasons and not yeah. for what's best for everyone and the highest intention. It was very, you know, moralistic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. It was very... And I, I really liked the way that they um, that they uh, aligned the... Like a, the the real message of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, as a apart from its you know just sexual expression, as a, you know a, a home for outcasts mm. and align that with what what Glee is, mm-hmm. and 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 then but then kind of had the grey area in between uh, of of when things become 
for like be pushing the boundaries for their own sake, and 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 then when, when do we need to step in and say no? That's too much. Yeah, because as Sue said, is there anything you disagree with what I said? In that was the thing say? about her, her ex, her, her Sue's corner. That's how Sue sees it. That was actually really good, very well argued mm-hmm. position. She was saying, you know, is our like. Is uh, is pushing the boundaries for it, for their own sake? When art does that, that saying that doesn't make it bigotry. Saying it's doing that doesn't isn't necessarily mm-hmm. a bigoted, you know, a position. And then she she was right. And you know, the, and parents do need to step in and maybe say, uh, do our kids need to be exposed to this right now? You know, it's, what did she say? They're over. We, we we don't need to lead them to it. They're overexposed as it is. Like mm-hmm. Matt, like Matt, Mister, she was like, it's on the internet. They can go and look at porn. Yeah, yeah. But do we do, do we guide them down the the, the path to the porn um, the by dressing them in you know leather and garters, or do we allow them to sort of taste the more art artsy extravagant side of life and then make their own decisions? Which one's right or wrong? I don't know. Probably a perfect segue into our special segment um, where in this last week there's been a lot of stuff in the news about this show because uh, Leah Michelle, Diana Agron and Corey Monteith uh, did this photo shoot for GQ where, the, where they were all sort of pictured in um, locker rooms and school environments wearing sort of what's left of school uniforms um, uh, and very, very sexualized. I mean, it's almost a maxim shoot someone said. I think that's probably true. And the parents, some, you know, National Parents Association have come out and slammed it because although they're all, um, I think the two girls are 24, I think Corey's about 28, Although they're all in their 20s, they play teenagers, and so this sexualization of them is apparently offensive and verging on pedophilic. Well, What's your it's opinion? it's not pedophilic What's your... because they're not children. They're not. And, like, okay, why is everyone so upset about this show and they were not upset about One Tree Hill or The O.C. or all those other shows? I know this show is huge, yeah, I know. Yeah. But, I mean... Where, where you see the actresses from those shows, I mean, yeah. doing this kind of stuff all the time. Yes. Right? Like so Matt the argument or... is is that Glee... I'm just going to play devil's advocate with you here. Is that is Glee is so much more popular, has such a cultural impact, and that and that, and that had, has more of an innocence than those shows, which are really sort of tab... Uh, a little bit more kind of po- uh, what's the word Just, uh, mm. there's a difference between Leah Michelle and uh, the chick from the OC what, uh, what was her name Lauren um, Conrad no, the, uh, Misha Barton. Misha Barton. Yeah, yeah. There's a different. There's a. There's a. There's a way that kids watch it, watching these shows that, that it has more of an impact. And then I think see it's them. because Glee is has got that Glee Club has got that polished, you know, um, preppy feeling yeah. to it, and the show has that preppy, clean and bright musical theatre. Well, this think, somehow I, I betrays think, that. As a father, yeah. As a father, I think the audience. I think the audience identifies them as teenagers, and and in the the mind of a potential person watching this show who is a who is a uh, a teenager or, or, a, or a child they don't realize that they are in fact 24 years old so the reality so uh, I, I think a parents group would object that you're you're portraying teenage women in scantily clad clothes mm-hmm. and that's carrying a message to the the youth that it's okay to be like that and dress like that well, but not just scantily teenager. I mean this feels Japanese to me almost yeah. I mean it's like these are tiny panties and and Lee Michelle's they're looking all dumb and uh, here's the thing. My, well, my, my, sorry, no, go. I was going to ask the two. We have two actresses here, you know, and so in your, you know, and, and, and what I was reading from Leah Michelle is, is that, look, you know, we have a career beyond this show. And I want people to realize that I'm not this one dimensional uh, teenage you know, girl, I want to emphasize my sexuality so I can go beyond that. I, think I mean, is well, that that's a what legit... all everyone does that? I mean, look at Britney Spears; she did it, mm-hmm. and then and then you've got um, Molly Cyrus doing it right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're like, look, I'm not going to be this little girl all the time. Look, I did a movie with this girl, a cheetah girl. I mean, and she, after the cheetah girl, she was like, done. I'm doing. I'm going to be like wearing nothing in my video and. People they want breaking out of that Disney mold. Yeah, and Leah Michelle certainly has more to break out of than Diana Agron, who came out and was like, kind of apologized and said, "That's not me. I didn't feel so comfortable doing it." I thought that's an interesting contrast, you know, with what, with what they might be trying to achieve. Each of them, uh, Phil. No, I mean, Ron, you're you're in publicity, and is is the only way to break sort of dimension of like, you know, this is all I do by being, you know, like sort of sexual. Is there another like? 
can't you just take another movie role? Can't you just like be seen doing charity work? Like, well, there I, has to be other ways. I mean, we deal charity with charity work's very sexy. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It's going to cost. She needs to tell. She needs to, uh, Leah Michelle needs to convince people that she can be cast otherwise right. before she can get that movie. Right. You know, producers are going to look at her and say, okay, here's your brand. You are a brand, you know. So the Leah Michelle brand is this wholesome Jewish girl in high school who has an amazing voice and is quite mm-hmm. talented, but she's tiny and she's small and she's not sexy. You know, so she's saying that's a really that's a really narrow kind of casting window for me and I want to open it up a little bit wider and show what I think I really am. And so publicity is one method of of Doing showing another like until, well, until somebody's able to willing to take a risk and and nobody's going to invest a lot of money in a movie uh, when that's so con and put her in a role that yeah. that Such kind of breaks risk. boundary right. Right. Well, who decided to do this? I mean, was this well, I, three of them, or who, was this Glee, or was this GQ? I mean, well, it's them. As uh, it, they're, they're not representing Fox or Glee when they do this. I don't think. I mean, did Fox have to sign off on it? How does that work? Uh, probably not. You know, I mean, probably they have their own kind of um, certain. Uh, it depends. Some some shows do have uh, final say and control over the publicity that you do. I wouldn't think that they have that in their contract. But yeah, it, it, feel, it feels like from reading stuff that maybe it got a little bit further along than they expected it to. Mm-hmm. I mean, but at the same time, I mean, all these... It, well, that's what happens on photo shoots, in my experience. Right, well, what's your experience, Shirley? Well, girls, what are your experiences? You're both actresses, you've both done photo shoots. Well, like, you get there, and then it's like, oh, just take that off as well, and you're like, what? Hold on a minute. But then you're already there, so you're not really sure what you're meant to say yes to. Or, right, and... You it, know, because they get you in the moment, whereas if you plan Your bargaining power, you feel like you don't have as much power. Yeah. That's why you need a good publicist. Yes, yes. You don't go in there knowing what you're actually going to do. And it looks to me like the girls got really comfortable and the photographer was making them feel comfortable and they were like, oh, okay, I feel sexy. And then all of a sudden you've got these shots. You know what I mean? I don't right. think they plan to go in there and spread their legs on a bench. I mean, Yeah, it's exactly true. You just, people convince you mm-hmm. in in the moment and you don't also realize like, a photo by itself Emphasizes what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? There's there's no context to it. Yeah. If you're just in there playing with my argument, it's jokey, and then one photo of you in your underwear is sending a completely different message. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because my my argument against the uh, against people who have a problem with the photo shoot is just turn on, go to go turn on Fox at eight o'clock on Tuesday night and watch a show. Watch Santana and um and and Britney making out on a bed. Um, Britney kiss like Santana kissing Britney's neck. Uh, go and watch them do a a song from the Rocky Horror Picture Show where Kurt bends down at the waist, you know, right in front of um a Mercedes. Mm Uh, you know who sure is a is a girl playing Frankenfurter, but there's an there's there are implications. There are visual implications all the time. It's a very sexualized show. However, you just brought up the point, Joey, that when it's in a photo, it's frozen in time and it gets pulled out of context. Mm. And I'm and so so the, the counter argument to what I'm saying is that. When you do it, uh, when, when, they're, when they're in the context of the show, there's a flow of action and a context, and they're also discussing all these issues about, like, high art social issues. And so you, there's, it's, more, it's more subtle and layered, whereas you just get a photo like this, it's in two dimensions, and you see Leah Michelle in some panties with pink shoes on, and it's, it's just there's only sexual information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no other information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, we're sort of, uh, you know, now in the Facebook age, you know, there's so many photos, and it, we shouldn't we in some way be desensitized to this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there was a worry, like, if a photo of Obama came up of uh, him drinking now, now you know, in, in his college days or whatever, that would be shocked to see that because he's supposed to be this amazing person. I'm not saying there are these photos, but, you know, because... Because, like, oh, we just be like, oh, so that, that was just him in his college. That's the way we're supposed to look at it now because we see more and more images of people, you know, mess, having um, made mistakes and things like that. And so don't you think, like, that these photos now um, just go a lot, you know, they're, they're just a number of photos in a, in a wide uh, look, ultimately, I think so. I mean, you know, there, there, there's there's so much out there. I mean, you, you just what the, what they, what, what. 
video clips. Come on. The 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 lyrics and the the visual images that are on video clips every every day on cable are just so horrendous um, and and intense and I mean like I mean I'm not a conservative by any means but it just blows my mind. Um, and I I mean I don't know what it must be like what what I would think if I had a you know young kid listening to that. This doesn't feel like it's I, I can see why people will get it, get offended, but at the same time, I think there's we, we have a lot of other thing, worse things to focus on. It's the same as Chloe Moretz using the c word in um, in uh, Kick Ass, at the, and everyone yeah. has a big problem with this eleven year old girl saying the c word swear word. And at the same time, she's killing eleven guys with a big machete in one scene. That doesn't bother anyone. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that she says a swear word is the problem. And I just feel like there are a lot of double standards with these kind of criticisms. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, though. I think there is one absolute fact that we can get out of it. GQ have never had a better week in their existence. <laughs> wow. They got so much free publicity out of this. And at the same time, they had the the guy who's just taken over Stars, who from H- he's the new head of Stars Network, he used to be at HBO, did an interview with him. I haven't read the interview, but apparently in it, he just, like, mouths off really badly. He's known for mouthing off, and uh, that oh. sort of has caused a lot. Do you know who Chris Albrecht, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what he said but uh, apparently when he left HBO it was sort of because of being a bit of a loose talker yeah, and I think he got in a fight with his girlfriend and he physically assaulted her, allegedly. And, right. And, uh, that's right, and, that's and right, yeah. There's a whole series of bad behavior. But but getting back to these right. these photos, I think that, um, you know, um, th- that, you know, both M- uh, ABC and the producers of Glee, I think you hit on a really good point. You know, this show has not exactly been, you know, Full House. You know, I mean, this has not been exactly sweet poly purebred, you know, kind of uh, programming. And so I think everybody probably went into this with their eyes open and and, yeah. and, and understood. You know, I, I think there's probably less of the, uh, oh, why don't you just take off your... I, I don't think anybody was tricked into any kind of... Photos that they didn't yeah, really want to take. Yeah, I think Michelle knows exactly what she's. <laughs> she's she's really she's well, yeah. really working it and and but you know. Uh, Diana. Diana, on the other hand, she's not the most provocatively dressed in any of No, I think she's. I think she seems a little uncomfortable sometimes, and her her statement afterwards she's, would indicate that she's trying to look after her image a little bit as a little bit more clean cut. Let me just uh, take another look. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm about to be proven wrong from this picture. She's, no. she's a little bit more covered up. Very. Yeah. I mean, demure is not the right yeah. word, but demure relative to Leah Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and she. I mean, and their, their PR statements obviously differed in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but, you know, I mean, it, it's true, Ron, because from the very first episode of this season, since we've been talking about this show, we've always been, how would you, like, I remember our first discussion together was, uh, how would you feel about your kid, your two girls, 11, 13, watching this episode? And right right from the the beginning of the season, we've been saying that. So clearly this is a show that pushes boundaries. Uh, it talks about homosexuality in school, the outcasts, I mean, every on every level. And so really some, some still photos in GQ is all... Par for the course, right? Part I, I think it was kind of expected. Right. I, I was just waiting on him to come out, you know. And so we come to your um, early point, Catherine. Was it all a big setup? I uh, mean, come on. The, the way that this, this, the themes of tonight's episode mirrored the discussion of these photos for the last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's uncanny. It's a little, it's a little weird. Does what do some, you think? Do you think Ryan God. Murphy is have is laughing? <laughs> I don't know. I think that uh, I think a lot of. PR like this is just happenstance and it all kind of uh, is kismet and that it all kind of, you know, mm. happened at the right time. I mean, the I show, because I, 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 they, they did this, they did, they probably did this photo shoot like two or three months ago. And That's so, right. Yes, they probably wouldn't have so, been on the planet that far. Um, uh, it's, it's great for the show, though, I'm sure, you know, led to a lot of viewers tonight. And to the show's credit, taking, this was probably one of the least sexually uh, nerve-wracking as a father show to have my daughters watch. The, the only number that really kind of made me think, hmm, you know, was the the uh, Emma Mr. and Mr. Shoe, Shoe. yeah, and, and, then the and two down, adults. down, yeah. you know, and the the girls, you know, that whole little <laughs> moment was. Oh yeah, then yeah. we love that. Um, all but, right, um, all right. So one hell of a show. So much to talk about. It's great. That brings us to um, news and gossip for tonight. 
Over to you, Phil. The Glee cast will, will spread Christmas joy starting November 16th when the Glee, the music, the Christmas album comes out. <laughs> the album features 12 holiday classics such as Deck the Rooftop, Jingle Bells, and Oh Christmas Tree. Glee and Michelle will also do a solo on Oh Holy Night. Oh Holy Night. Maybe we can get them to uh, uh, contribute some music to Serial Buddies, Phil. <laughs> I can't actually wait to hear her sing that. That's my favorite Christmas song. That's mine too. Oh, it is so touching. I I just, John Denver version is that. Oh, ooh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I just never get sick of her voice. Um, onwards, Phil. Ian Brennan, an executive producer of the show, admits he gets anxiety about writing new episodes of Glee. He says, quote, The big learning curve has been figuring out how to deal with the anxiety. You have a script deadline and this enormous operation depending on you. And sorry, you have no ideas. End of quote. It's, it's at moments like this when he wonders what mean things Ryan Murphy would say. Writing lines for Sue Sylvester does come easy for him, however. It would be terrifying, that pressure. I mean, having yeah. to deliver time and time again. I don't know how the writers on these big hit shows do it. I don't know how he always finds Sue Sylvester easy to write because her lines are the best. I know, I know. I guess because the characterization is so strong, mm. you know, that I guess that must really help. I just want to meet the person who writes for Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> she just gets better and better. One line. Absolutely. Just one line. Absolutely. Onward. Mark Salling, who plays Puck, has been rumored to be dating a bevy of girls recently. <laughs> Reportedly, he's been out with co-star uh, Nae Rivera, Selena Gomez, and most recently, the events Taylor Cole. Who's Naya? Which one's Naya on the show? Naya, uh, Naya. Santana. Santana. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, who wouldn't, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Leah Michelle uh, may have found her first feature role in Gary Marshall's next romantic comedy called New Year's Eve. The film is apparently a sequel to Valentine's Day. Great. Great. I'll be there. <laughs> um, well, that, may, that move may come as a reaction to her getting less airtime on the show, particularly with regards to her solos. Leah Michelle has been critical of some of her co-stars, which include Amber Riley, Chris Colfer, and Diana Agron, which has led to tension on set. What has what? she said? She's she's the main person every time. Has she said yeah. something in the press that this has uh, come from? Or? Who's your source on that film? Uh, <laughs> I get these all over the places. I hear them from random. Uh, I can't reveal my, all my sources. Oh. <laughs> but, but if you notice, she she hasn't been featured. How many how many things did she have tonight? She wasn't really featured. She was. She was nah, the main not not girl. not as usual. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting because last was... I knew that her she lived with Diana. Um, yeah. When when I when I met her, they they were living together. I don't know if they still are, but um, that was when it first started. Right. That's what I heard. When yeah, it first started. that's right. Yeah, first. But season. you know, it is second season. Yeah, they might not be best friends anymore. She might have a little bit of a head. Who knows? You know. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, it appears uh, Leah Michelle did make friends on set with Britney Spears. The two recently tweeted back and forth about a dentist visit. <laughs> did they get high at that dentist visit, like in the show? On the uh, well, that's, that's what Leah Michelle was hoping. She first started tweeting, um, quote, Back from the dentist, had surgery and was put under, but didn't have a Britney <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> Britney responded with, quote, Nobody can help a trip to the dentist. N nobody can help make a trip to the dentist a good time. Quote, Britney. Uh, lovely. Well, I'm getting a wisdom tooth taken out on Friday, so just I'm one? just one. Get all four written. done. Get them. No, done I don't once. have four. I only have one. What? Uh, and it me. just came in. If you oh. only have one. One. Ron, no. you're the same. I'm the same. That's so oh my weird. god, I knew I liked you, Ron. Oh my god, yes, you have to get it out. I'm thinking of getting it. Out. Okay. How can you only have one? I'm kind of no, upset I'm have though. A fantasy. Well, yeah. I want to have. It'll be a Leah Michelle. <laughs> I just I, 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 take I mean, this photo with you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get it out. Really, I think it makes me that much smarter. Just this one wisdom. Tip. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what how intelligent your comments are next week, Catherine. On with Phil. Well, Gwyneth Paltrow was on on the set of Glee last week, shooting her role as a substitute teacher. Uh, Finn from the show said she's part of one of the biggest numbers in the show's history. Quote, she sings because, of course, she's fabulous and incredibly talented and our guest star. She sings the leads, Corey explained. Paltrow's character reportedly will also fall for Will Schuster. I cannot wait oh, for that episode. I love so, I've always loved 
Same, same. I and at to... drama school, I remember the actors would always be mean about her, and I was like, I she's great. Uh, I've <laughs> she's always great. had the hots for her. Always. <laughs> yeah, I remember going and yeah. seeing. Stick it up. What was yeah. the Shakespeare? Oh no, no, the with the Dick, the Great Expectations with her and. Oh, she was um, so hot in that. And and what's his face from what's it called? Wow. Well, you know, they, you know they, they did the modern remake of Great yes. Expectations of Gwyneth in it, yes. and with who? Like he was married to uh, Uma Thurman, and then he dumped her. Oh, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Who I also love. Yeah. Mm. I I think I went and watched that show, that movie on my own, like a nerd just to perf on Gwyneth. <laughs> Phil, come on! Get on well, with it! Speaking of guest appearances, Rihanna says, quote, I have, a co- I have seen a couple of episodes and being in Glee would be fun. Well, if nothing else, she's willing to lend the show her songs. Yeah, let's pass on that. Next. Uh, Carol Burnett. <laughs> Carol Burnett has confirmed us as a special guest. She will play Sue Sylvester's mother on the show. Oh, wow. And apparently the two haven't had the best mother-daughter relationship because Sue's mother left Sue and her sister in Ohio to go hunt down Nazis. <laughs> that Very is funny. the best. I can't that wait. That is going to be funny. But, like, come on, uh, y'all. Carol Burnett, she is the queen of comedy. Yeah. And then, I mean, this woman, they're going to have, like, a tee-off. I mean, they are both amazing, yeah. like, strong comedic actors. That's going to be good, fun, right? yeah. isn't a, it? Bit of sparring. Next, uh, what's next, Phil? Well, the next one is a spoiler alert, so if you don't want to give anything away, turn uh, uh, just tune us down f- for 10 seconds. Jane Lynch has dropped hints about her upcoming mother storyline on the show. Sue will announce that she is getting married following news of an upcoming wedding between Carol and Bert. Mm. What? Mm. Sue? Who to? No one knows. No one knows. What? Okay. Well, on the subject of marriage, uh, Jane Lynch admits she never thought of herself as someone who would get married. Now that she is, she wouldn't have it any other way. She said, quote, The minute we were married, I felt the difference. Lynch is married to Laura Embry. Who is that? Is she doing... What does Laura Embry do? I don't don't know. know. All right. Well, you may have heard that Matthew Morrison... um, is getting uncomfortable with being a sex symbol. Yeah, that was obvious tonight. <laughs> he claims that in real yeah, life he's... What a burden. I know. <laughs> Terrible. I live with it every day. <laughs> it's not easy. Well, I guess he apparently wants to be uh, considered, quote, an asshole um, and doesn't, want th- doesn't deserve the attention that the show's fans are giving him. He says, quote, I don't feel like a heartthrob. For me, it's just work. I'm reading lines and singing songs written for me. If that makes me a heartthrob, that's cool. That can, sounds like the most disingenuous I, crap I've ever yeah, heard. That is the word. I agree with also, you, Paul. Own up yeah. to it, buddy. You're loving it. We, you know, I mean, it's apparently he loves he's, it. He's getting lots of attention from the ladies, and as if that's bad. Oh, I'm not a heartthrob. I'm just going to work on my abs every day and make them like a 12 pack and trim my chest hair and sing <laughs> the songs that are written for me. It's tough, man. It's, it's just tough. a job. That's all I'm it's doing. Just a job. This is, I feel very, I feel very awkward about all of this. Yeah, next, please. All right, well, Matthew Morrison, you may have heard, was seen with Cameron Diaz this weekend at the Bardot Lounge in West Hollywood. Um, also at Soho House, correct? Well, it, it's known that at, at the Bardot Lounge, uh, Cameron Diaz was also with a Gossip Girl actress, Jonah Garcia. Now, they're, they're, um, one of our After Buzz sources has also seen just the two of them at the Soho Club. Just just Cameron. Just, just Cameron and, and Matthew, Matthew Morrison. Yeah, so that sounds like a date. Ooh. Yes, it does. Abs are working. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I mean, Cameron Diaz has had access to some pretty great abs in her time, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, if you... She might be an abs... Sort of saucer. Maybe she's Justin Timberlake, little JT. Bit of JT, bit of Tom Cruise in the movies. Right, right. What about Jared Leto? Isn't he? Does he have a body? Okay. Do you want to hear? He actually has no body. Do you want to hear? Here's a Jared Leto story. Here's a Jared Leto story. A friend of mine, one of my good friends who I work with, used to work at a steakhouse in in New York. Uh, back in the day, uh, but after Jared had sort of made it, and it's a steakhouse, okay, and Jared either is or at the time was a vegetarian or vegan, and um, uh, my friend comes up to serve the table and goes, uh, what, would, what would you guys like, and, uh, and Jared's like, what do you guys serve here? He's like, steak. <laughs> well, it's a steakhouse. And he's like, do you have anything else? I was like, no, it's a steakhouse. And he's like, well, how do you think I got these? And pulls up his shirt and shows my friend his abs. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, quote, how do you think I got these? 
Isn't that? It must be a Cameron thing with ads. Yeah. yeah I mean, oh, it's a bit, a bit obnoxious, right? Uh, anyway, yeah, sorry for the detail. Don't do that. Let's wrap up the news. Well, and, anyways, um, that is your AfterBuzz TV <laughs> Glee news and gossip <laughs> for the week. Oh, dear. Jared Leto story. There it was. There it is. Gleek it out. There it is. Gleek it out, mofo. Right. Okay. Predictions for next week. Uh, what did it look like was happening from that sneak peek? Does anyone have anything to say, Catherine? Um, all I saw wasn't it Bon Jovi? It looks like a Bon Jovi app or something. There was definitely right? singing, no. living, living on a prayer. I don't know, but I'm so excited. I love Bon Jovi. I, I went to his concert <gasps> Me a too. couple of times. Yeah, in Singapore I went and oh, I there. met him as hey, well. You, oh, and what were your impressions, Chilby? He had very nice teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I really was struck by his teeth and For his some... hair. He looked a bit too perfect. He well, doesn't age. He, yeah. Well, there's, yeah, there's probably a reason for that. I was going to say, I think he was he's very probably... nice. He was actually lovely. For some reason, I imagine him to have very soft hands. I don't know why. He... I don't know. Um, I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> does he have all his wisdom teeth? I guess probably. <laughs> he probably does. I know. I think he doesn't look like. He's I think. Any. I think. I think he had his wisdom teeth all the time that he wrote "Living on a Prayer" and all those great songs. And then about five years ago, he took them out. Yeah. And then all the songs since speak for themselves, guys. So I'm worried about you getting your wisdom teeth out. <laughs> oh no. Um, well, it looks like it's going to be fun anyway. There's a lot of black leather rock and roll pop songs. Mm. Um, who knows what's going to happen with uh, Mr. Shu and Emma? Obviously, they've got to drag it out. I hope. Hopefully, we're going to see much more Stamos. Well, there, there's a marriage. There's a marriage, I mean, right? Sue Sylvester's coming up with. Well, the, the two marriages that her, her Sue Sylvester's marriage is in reaction to uh, an, an a marriage. Another, like within the show, C- Carolyn Burr. Oh right! Clearly, you didn't pay attention to my news and gossip. No, I did. It's just who's uh, who's Bert? Who's Bert? I don't know. Oh, Kurt. Kurt. I don't. Yeah. Kurt I mean, is the John Stamos. Yeah, yeah, that's it. What? So there was a mis- Carl. Carl. Oh, Carl. Carl and Emma? Oh, Kurt is the... <laughs> Kurt is the gay character. Emma that's can't get married. Okay. Well, we'll wait and see. Anyway, look, that brings us... That's why that, it's called. That brings awesome. us to the end of the show for Glee, Season 2, Episode 5. Thank you, Ron, Trilby, Catherine, Phil, Corey in the booth, all of you for listening at home. What a great episode. What a great show. It's been real. Um, and we hope to see you all back here next week. Thank you for tuning in. Keep tuning in to After Buzz TV. For producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer Corey Sheehan, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to host an AfterBuzz show of your own, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com or buzz into our Twitter account or Facebook page by searching AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later!